This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specialising in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. A new study has found that the pharmaceutical industry payments to Australian non-prescribing healthcare professionals, such as nurses, are substantial, and this raises many questions around influence and, and transparency. Joining me to discuss the findings is Dr. Emily Karanges from University of Sydney. Emily, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I think maybe it's it's fairly well known or accepted, even outside the medical community, that doctors are the target of, of these payments, these types of payments from pharma companies. But nurses, from your study, nurses accounted for 17.8% of, of payments and, and non-prescribing uh, nurses. How do, or where did this idea that pharmaceutical companies would, would target nurses and, and why? Um, so, as you said, we were really aware that there was a lot of attention on doctors. But we have, um, have access to um, data on all different healthcare professionals and we were seeing the amount of um, different healthcare professionals that were coming up in that data and we'd also seen that in the from other data in the past that um, nurses and other healthcare professionals attend a lot of company-sponsored educational events. So we saw about 40% attendance by nurses mm-hmm. at these events um, and so that's that's partly why we wanted to to look into this a little more. And I think it's really an overlooked issue um, that we wanted to get into. Mm. So what so what are the the form of these payments? You just mentioned attendance at, at you know medical conferences or, and so on. Do, do any you know anyone get actual physical payments? Yeah. So our the data encompasses just certain payments. So one is um, sponsored attendance at conferences, so where the registration fees are paid, there might be travel and accommodation um, given as well. So obviously that's not a physical payment, Mm. Um, but there's also um, payments for fees for service. So speaking at a conference or participating on an advisory board or um, consulting services and associated travel and accommodation expenses with that mm-hmm. and so is this practice um for doctors or anyone otherwise um is this is it subject to any legal or health department regulations um most of the regulation actually is um through the industry itself the pharmaceutical industry itself right. so they have a code of conduct um that regulates what they're allowed to do for example they can't fly a an Australian, an Australian to an Australian conference in business class. They can only do it economy, yeah. but they can fly them overseas in business class. Right. Um, they shouldn't be treating them to a meal that is over one hundred twenty-five, over one hundred twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a code. Um, but it's probably violating. more helping their bottom line more than anything else. Yes, I, I think so. And because it is industry regulated, it can be subject to erosion more easily or, or strengthening. Mm. But um, but something we are concerned about is erosion that can occur. Mm-hmm. So did you find... Um, I will say, sorry, that yeah. um, this code is also sort of under the... Ooh, under the view of the the ACCC, so they do have some say, but not mm. they don't intervene a great deal. 
would it be would it be common or uncommon or would it happen at all that actual kind of physical payments to any health professional would happen? Um, you mean aside from fees for service? Yeah, so literally I check for X amount of dollars. Yeah, look, I can't really comment. Mm-hmm. I It would not surprise me and anecdotally I've heard that it occurs, mm-hmm. but um, I don't have any data to draw upon. Mm-hmm. So going back to non-prescribing clinicians, and I guess in, yeah. my, in my interest, nurses, is there an ethical issue there? If, you know, if, if pharmaceuticals are, you know, giving them these gifts, if shall we call them, um, or helping them mm. in these ways, and then they, you know, I don't know, is there an, do you see an ethical issue here? Oh, it's, it's a complex one. So I think we've got to, got to take into account the fact that um, nurses can really benefit the pharmaceutical industry. So, mm. and, and this is a good thing because they, they make our medicines. Um, it's good to have a nurse, say, on the advisory committee or, or um, it, giving insights to the, the pharmaceutical industry on, on the medicines that patients are using or how they're dealing with it and so forth. Um, but I think we can't overlook the fact that there is a danger as well that um, these payments would um, subconsciously or otherwise influence the sort of practice of um, the nurse who is receiving them or um, their influence over their their colleagues um, to bias their clinical care in a way that benefits the pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. I think we have to remember that a lot of these, what the company is doing is a marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And we can see that in the in the doctors, um, it's highly effective. Mm. Well, that's what I was going to say. It, may, it stands to reason that, you know, if you influence a doctor, they will more likely prescribe this medication. But how do you see a, a non-prescribing nurse influence a doctor? Yeah, um, so what, what we are seeing actually is something that's quite interesting that's coming out is um, the sort of um, areas that are particularly being targeted in terms of the non-prescribing healthcare professionals. And we're seeing people with um, often roles in chronic disease and um, that may require high adherence to medicines. And I think these are um, areas that, that nurses... Um, are encouraged to play quite a big role. I think we um, see that uh, the the people can um, influence um, drug purchasing. So nurses often have roles on formula formulary committees. Um, they they can influence or recommend the sorts of things that the prescriber might might use, and also become a um, very close, I suppose, to the patient, a highly trusted source that uh, can influence the sorts of medicines that the patient might might want. So I think nurses um, and other non-prescribers can really influence multiple points of the chain from um, purchasing the product to influencing the prescriber to also influencing the patient. And I'm not using influencing in a bad way there, mm-hmm. um, but, but uh, they, they have, I think, a lot more influence than we sometimes give them credit for. So what, what were the methods you used to kind of uh, find this data, to study this data? Yeah, so we, we got um, publicly available reports. So these are available from Medicines Australia, 35 pharmaceutical companies who are members of that organisation. They're large companies, 
um, submit reports to them every six months. And um, we got the, the data out of them. We tried to identify unique people. Sometimes that was a bit challenging mm. um, because their names might be presented differently and so forth. Um, and then we, we really just did a, a descriptive analysis using what was in that data uh, to pull out the types of payments that people are getting, um, the, the types of companies that are sponsoring non-prescribers, how much different people might be getting. And then we also did a little bit of a dig, um, almost like taking some case studies and looking at which are the companies that are paying the most to these uh, non-prescribing healthcare professionals and what kind of areas or what are the characteristics of the highest paid people that those companies are sponsoring. Mm-hmm. And so you just said you tried to, it sounded like you said you tried to eke out maybe some details of who these people are. Did you have any engagement right. with any of these healthcare professionals? No, no, we didn't contact anyone. No, no, at all. No. And um, so does any of this... Um, through your study, do you feel like there needs to be more transparency on who specifically is getting paid what in the healthcare profession? Um, I think in Australia we have we have got quite good records, although they're not very accessible. And um, I think we we could really we could improve our capture. So, for example, we only capture. 35 pharmaceutical companies out of all the companies in Australia. We don't capture medical device companies, which we know are, are doing a lot of uh, marketing. Um, so I think that in the scheme of um, the, the world, we're actually doing quite well because we're capturing um, these non-prescribing healthcare professionals, which most aren't. However, um, we aren't capturing a lot of the types of exposure to industry that people get. These payments are really a very small part of exposure um, to industry. Mm. And I guess also when I'm thinking about transparency, I'm thinking about maybe patients who might not know the reasons that they've been prescribed one drug over another. And if they were able to know that, you know, my nurse or my doctor or whoever else has Mm. an association with X drug, then that will inform my decision. Yes, yes, which would be, which they could theoretically do by going to the website, but it's these are separate PDF reports and mm. they can't really search easily. Um, so do you see your work or your study having an effect on, on the way that non-prescribing clinicians will accept payments? Uh, more than necessarily having an effect on whether individuals accept payments, although that would be um, that would be beneficial, I think. What I really like about our study is that it, it shows that the pharmaceutical industry isn't ignoring um, non-prescribing healthcare professionals. We've kind of been a bit dismissive, I think, of of their importance, and there's therefore an idea that payments or or any kind of pharmaceutical industry interaction with non-prescribing healthcare professionals is sort of irrelevant a bit. But I think our study shows that, well, industry doesn't think it's irrelevant. And perhaps we need to be thinking about whether our non, non-prescribing or, or non, 
non-medical, non-doctor um, healthcare professionals are well equipped to evaluate, to understand the risks of, to uh, know how to deal with the industry interactions they face on a day-to-day basis. Well, Emily, thank you very much for joining us to delve into your study. My pleasure.